Hey, what's up, you guys? You are listening to the She's Going Places podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and welcome back to another Wednesday. Y'all, this week's episode is one of my favorites. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this conversation with me and Madison. Obviously, you saw by the title. This week, I'm sitting down with the founder of Me Too Sister, Madison Wheat. She seriously was so amazing and was such a joy to have on the show and just came on here and was so vulnerable and authentic and shared her heart, which is just aligned so much with her platform. We were able to really dive into the concept of giving grace and what that has looked like in this past year. And in this season, she gives you guys amazing advice. You know, we love good advice here on the She's Going Places podcast, but we even dive into things like how grace ties into cancel culture, how grace ties into mental health, how grace ties into relationships, like really the full spectrum. I was so excited by where the conversation went and the ways Madison was so willing to share with you guys. So if you haven't already, which it'd be crazy if you didn't, make sure you go give at Me Too Sister a follow on Instagram. She is seriously so amazing, puts out raw, amazing content, and has honestly on this podcast shares her heart behind her social media ministry. And if that doesn't give you enough encouragement to want to go check her out and just see all the awesome things that God's doing through her, then I hope this will do it. You know what I mean? And so we'll hop into that really quick. But first off, if you're a regular, you know we have to do this. We have to hop into our going places and going nowhere moments of the week. And so first off, we'll get the bad one over with. My going nowhere moment is that I am sick. If you guys can hear it in my voice, I'm so sorry. Thankfully, I wasn't sick when I recorded the bulk of this podcast with Madison. But right now, I have a horrible sore throat and a really bad cough. I'm like literally holding in a cough right now as we speak. And I'm just sick. And it's just kind of like, bleh. It definitely is not the most enjoyable thing. My family's been on again, off again with some colds for the last couple weeks. And so it kind of just got passed around. So it was definitely my turn to get it. And so that's just been kind of stinky. But that's it. We're doing great. We're doing amazing. It really doesn't matter because we have some amazing going places moments of this week. Okay. So first off, I just got back from a weekend of wedding planning. Literally. How crazy. I feel like I'm going to have to do an entire episode just about the wedding because, man, there are so many decisions that you have to make when you're planning a wedding. It's absolutely crazy, but I was able to go up to Orlando and just spend the weekend with my mom, and that was super special and just fun for us to get to hang out and do all that together. Another going places moment is next week I start my internship, which definitely be praying for me for that because... That is just something I've been really looking forward to. I'm really excited and expectant for how that's going to go. And just so there's a lot of big girl things happening, you know, I'm just becoming so much more aware of the fact that I'm, you know, growing up and and getting married and having to get a big girl job and like all of that's happening really soon. And we're approaching my last semester of college. And so definitely reminiscing on all of that. And I'm really excited for the future. Don't get me wrong, but definitely happy in the place that I am right now. And so those are super quick, the going places and going nowhere moments of the week. Once again, thank you so much for listening to She's Going Places. Y'all rock. So without further ado, here's the episode. I hope you guys absolutely love it. Do you want to introduce yourself? 
Hey everyone, my name is Madison and I am the writer and creator of Me Too Sister. I've been writing for Me Too Sister for four years now, which sounds crazy. Um, and I live in Mississippi with my husband of eight months. Actually, today. Today is our eight-month wedding anniversary. That's so happy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, life for me is a little unconventional. I actually work in New York, so I commute from Mississippi to New York. I'm a flight attendant for American Airlines. So in my free time, you can either find me in an airplane or writing in a local coffee shop somewhere. And those are really my favorite things. <laughs> I love that. That's so happy. I'm Madison, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because I've been following you for quite a bit and you were always someone that I wanted to have on to just, A, just pick your brain and like talk and share about yeah. things. And just also, I just think that all of the She's Going Places listeners would just like love to hear from you in case they haven't heard about you. I highly doubt that they haven't, but just in case they <laughs> haven't. Well, I'm just, so honored. Yeah, your wisdom is just so awesome. Everything you post is literal gold. And oh, so today I kind of wanted us to dive into, um, I call it the gift of grace because, and this is mostly me just wanting to pick your brain. That's all that this is. There's there's yeah, no rhyme or reason to um, picking um, certain topics, but this has definitely just been something that's been special to me and something I just want to get like your take on. And we talked a little bit before we started recording just about like stuff that's been going on with Madison and like what her life looks like right now. And so I just think that once again, she is one of the kindest, most sincere, vulnerable people. And y'all just like buckle up because I we haven't even done the interview yet, but I just know it's about to be amazing. So this past year has obviously looked nothing like we've planned. And I know you've had your yeah. own experience with that. And so this idea of being having grace for each other or grace for ourselves, I think has become more common. I think, right. the pandemic. And so we were forced to demonstrate grace as everyone was adapting. It right. was just extend grace to me. I'll extend grace to you because no one really knows what um, we're doing. So what was your experience with this frustration and being adaptable and navigating this past year? Yeah, absolutely. I think this past year, um, there's been a cultural shift. You either have people who are, you know, extending grace and uh, really trying to move forward and love on people or you have the cancel culture where you mess mm -hmm. up and you're done forever and so that's been interesting to kind of watch from the outside and navigate I think that this past year and all of the changes it taught me for the first time just how prideful I was um, wow. I think yeah. I always associated pride as like arrogance and um, someone who was super full of themselves I didn't realize that pride was simply just like wanting things to go my way and, you know, caring about me and my world. And I think this past year showed me that there's so much more going on, you know, outside of my little world. So I really had to learn one to give grace to myself. Um, because if there's any other people pleasers out there, um, there is definitely like a shame schema that makes you feel when you recognize for example, that you have a pride issue, you then feel super ashamed and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't give grace to myself. I'm the worst person ever. So this past year taught me that I need to give grace to myself as I'm continuing to learn and grow, but also give grace to others as no one expected the trials and the changes of this past year. And I think that moving forward, it is something we're going to have to come together with and form community because uh, that's really all we have is each other. I feel like we were created for relationships and friendships and 
um, just extending grace, I feel like is the way to move forward in that. Absolutely. And so beautifully said, I actually loved what you were talking about with cancel culture. This yeah. is definitely not something I was planning on talking about. Sorry. But no, 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 no. I love it. I, I seriously love it because it's actually been something in like the back of my mind, like really thinking about it because the weight of cancel culture has gotten so heavy. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's just growing up. I mean, even when I was in high school, like a couple years ago, it's more than a couple at this point. Wow. It's like a long time ago. Yeah. But even thinking about it, like that was not really a thing. That just didn't happen right, on social media. Right. And so especially now in this past year, I think with TikTok and new social media platforms and people um, just like doing a deep dive into people's lives and Absolutely. this idea of like there's n- no grace literally no, for you to none. make any mistakes or do anything wrong or say the wrong thing. Right. What do you think like we as like Christians navigating cancel culture? Yeah. Because I mean, there's one thing for me to be sitting here like quietly in like my home, West Palm. I would never think to comment on someone's post and be like, oh my gosh, you're canceled and like run someone over. That's just not me. And so there's tons of people out there who always want to comment and always want to share how they feel. And maybe you've had this experience like having a platform. Right. What can we do like as Christians or just like even just as literally decent people to like help Mm. with cancel culture? Absolutely. So I feel like as believers, um, one of the hardest things for me has been watching Christians uh, partake in the whole cancel culture theme of someone making a mistake and them writing off completely. I mean, that is the complete opposite of the gospel. So I feel like for me as a believer, and I'll speak for myself, like, um, you know, whoever's in Christ has been made a new creation. You know, like that's a verse that I live and breathe by. And, um, even after I started walking with God, like I made mistakes and I'm so thankful that he didn't cancel me. He didn't write me off and say, Oh, well, you're no good anymore. So this whole idea of to those who have been given grace, let them give much grace. I think that is a way that uh, believers should walk. And I mean, none of us are blameless. Uh, even someone who has walked the straight and narrow, I'm sure there is something, uh, in their mind, you know, only God knows that, but like, there, we all have sin, sinful natures. We all have struggles and temptations in different ways. And for us to rally around our brothers and sisters and encourage them and hold them accountable, that is so much healthier than telling someone they're too dirty or too damaged to be redeemed. So I think that as, as Christians, we, if we're going to call ourselves Christ followers, then uh, we don't need to partake in cancel culture at all. Yeah, and I think that that also like leads to the question about people's experience with Christians and maybe when people have bad experiences with Christians. I saw you did a Mm -hmm. post about this. Um, And just how people can be like personally hurt by the church or like have a specific experience with a Christian and that puts them off entirely. And I think I can remember being in, I think I was in like seventh grade and Mm -hmm. I had this good friend of mine and her dad was a pastor of a church and we were really, really close and they were like, the Christian family. She was like the Christian girl. And I remember I started like talking to this boy. Meanwhile, I'm like 12. Okay. That means nothing. It actually means nothing. And he like, wasn't, I don't know if he was a Christian. I don't remember, but I I was 12. I was just like talking to him. I didn't understand. I was just doing whatever I wanted. I I was sitting there at like lunch. I was eating ice cream every day. Like I was just whatever. And she was like, okay, Taylor, like I can't be friends with you anymore because you're talking to this boy 
and he's like not a good influence and he's not a good person and he's done this 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 wrong and so Mm. like we can't be friends and you know we were both 12 like how that's just an experience but it's something that stuck with me literally my whole life like it's been eight years and it's something that I'll always remember because I realized that the influence and platform that she had because she was known as like the Christian girl and I was like we're good friends and that has personally hurt me like your words have so much power especially if you put like the cross on your back and you like you you wear the cross on your neck you put the bible verse in your Instagram bio like (laughs) yeah there's an expectation of you and like how you live your life and so it's so interesting with what you were saying about like extending grace and yeah what we're saying I think we need to take into consideration who we represent you know if you're Mm going to claim Christ represent Christ well um I have definitely experienced church hurt I have experienced the uh Christian I don't know how you would phrase it, but like the girls who are in full-time ministry and who work at a church who are also gossiping and spreading rumors on the side, I've experienced that. And I actually, part of my story, um, I went to a private Christian university for my first year of college. And I've told people, I've moved past this now, but I told people when I left, I said, if I did not know Jesus before I went to that school, I probably wouldn't want to know him now based on how those Christians treated me. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's something that we need to be aware of. Our, our words do hold weight. And whether someone is walking with Christ or not, they're going to remember those words and they're going to remember, you know, and that doesn't mean there's not grace for us too, you know, like I, I would hope that the girl that said those unkind things to you at 12 years old has matured and grown and repented of that, you know, but, um, it's, it is something that we need to be cautious of is if we're going to choose to represent Christ, whether it be in our Instagram bio or in what, you know, how we live our life, then we need to truly represent him well. Yeah, absolutely. That was, once again, I just think it's, it's an interesting topic that I know I get messages about often about yeah. like it, people's experience or like even people having like the best heart posture for it. Like, how do I represent Jesus well in my middle school, in my high school, on my college campus? Like, how do I handle these situations with grace? And so hopping into this grace topic, being graceful or extending grace is definitely, it's a mindset. And so I wanted to kind of divide this up between, because there's, I feel like grace has two very drastic and a lot of times you're either (laughs) really good at one or the other. It's extending grace to yourself or extending grace to others Mm -hmm. and I feel like typically we all fall on like one side of the spectrum that we're that we're really good at and so or maybe we do one too much in excess Mm -hmm. if if I'm talking to y'all like that's if I'm hitting it on the head then um I know I definitely fall on one side of the spectrum and we'll get there but just start with extending grace to yourself there are so many things that we can scrutinize about ourselves Mm -hmm. there are so many things that we can be like ungraceful with with ourselves um, I know we were just talking about um, like our successes or like lack thereof and like an experience with um, like having a social media ministry and, and we'll get into that later in the interview, but also just like putting yourself out there like as yeah. a business or on a platform or even like just putting like putting your neck out for something that you're passionate with. Like there is an opportunity to not have grace with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I, this is something I really struggle with. I would not be the poster child of giving yourself grace. It's something that my close friends and my husband have to actively encourage me in. Um, I 
I'm a huge advocate for counseling. So I'll just put it out there. Like one of the things that I talk about with Me Too Sister is I live boldly and vulnerably. And if that makes someone uncomfortable, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I I think everyone should go to counseling. But all that to say, I definitely live with um, a shame schema is what it's called. It's this like mindset that I've started to believe this uh intrinsic belief that I have that everything comes back to being my fault. And so this is something Mm -hmm. I've actively worked through for many years. But all that say, I mean, I used to apologize to the waiter at a restaurant for ordering water. And one, like I did it all the time and didn't think anything of it. And one day my friend, we were out to eat and she was like, why did you just say sorry to them? And I was like, well, because then my ticket won't be higher. And then that means they won't get a higher pay and she was like that is insane you don't like so you know all that to say I am not very good at giving myself grace um and it's something that I've had to actively work on and uh but I would say that I would probably sound like a hypocrite if I sat here and tried to give advice on how to do it because I'm still learning myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. that is so funny about the water (laughs) I know I used to be like I'll just have a water sorry and like didn't think anything of it um yeah so that's that's kind of amazing though but also I feel like I keep on you say one thing and then I'm like oh my gosh let's run with it because (laughs) obviously I'm just here to pick your brain but you were talking really candidly about counseling and I didn't realize that it was and I don't even know if it's a taboo thing because like I also think counseling is literally good for everybody I can't think of a negative for it maybe that's a hot take I don't think it is but what what has been your experience with having a platform and like people having opinions about counseling and yeah. like Christians having opinions about like having a therapist? So that's been a very interesting thing to navigate. Um, so I've been writing for Me Too Sister for four years and for a while my uh, blog was quite anonymous in the sense of like I never said my name. I hardly ever used photos of myself. It was just kind of this anonymous online ministry So I would get messages from people who would think I was like, you know, a 45-year-old woman, preacher's wife, you know, something like Mm -hmm. that. And um, I would say that I feel like the church and also the culture in general has started to move more towards accepting counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is not as taboo as it once was, especially like in our parents' generation. But I try to be very bold about my opinions of – Um, I don't think it's sinful if you have to take medication for your depression. I don't think it is a sin if you have to go to a therapist or a psychiatrist. I mean, if you have the flu, you're going to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, mental illness is real. It It is an illness. And I still think even if you don't struggle with depression or anxiety, counseling is a healthy way to just process your day-to-day life and uh, family dynamics, relationships. Um, So I've had to be very bold uh, with my stance on that and not back down. I have definitely received, uh, you know, backlash on that. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are very opinionated and, you know, that just means that my ministry isn't the place for them and that's okay. But it is hurtful at times and it's something I've had to move past. But I am the type of person that I've said, if I'm going to stand for something, I'm going to stand for it all the way. And so when I started posting about counseling, I, and specifically my story and testimony and talking about some uh, deep things, I knew there was going to be some backlash or some people that would say, oh, that's too much for me. You know, TMI, keep this lighthearted and happy and fun and Jesus loves you. 
and that's great. There's a place for that, but that's not what Me Too Sister is about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I think that when when we're talking about these things, and I'll have people come to me, and you're talking about this idea of like going to counseling or taking medication or having depression, like this whole the entire topic surrounding mental health. Right. I, I would agree that I think people have gotten a lot more gracious about the topic Absolutely. and mm-hmm. they've extended a lot more grace for the topic. And so tying it all back into grace, how do you think that like grace intersects with mental health? And yeah. I mean, like, I feel like that is like the crossroads. It's right. the lack of giving grace to yourself plays one of the bigger roles in issues with right. mental health. Absolutely. Um, that's a great question. I think that how grace intersects with mental health, I'll talk first about, uh, the person struggling. Absolutely. Learning, uh, who you are, whose you are, and really taking your identity is going to leap, like leaps and bounds is going to help. I actually posted something yesterday and I said, you know, scripture, I'm, this is a personal opinion. Scripture is not going to be a fix-all for your depression and anxiety, but it sure does help. And Mm -hmm. time with Jesus sure does help. And so as someone who – I'm 26 years old, and I've been going to counseling uh, consistently since I was 14. So that's, what, 12 years? Uh, So I'm – and I'm actually getting my master's in clinical mental health counseling. So I'm huge Okay, so we have the professional here right now. (laughs) So all that to say, I do think that grace uh, is a huge – part and my I go to a Christian counselor who incorporates uh, secular methods in her counseling which I, I think is wonderful and so as we've talked uh, and grown and I've had a lot of breakthrough with my current counselor you know there is a lot of giving myself grace for things in my past uh, realizing that something that happened to me wasn't my fault and and truly believing that and moving yeah. forward um, now I'm going to talk from the perspective of if you know someone who is in counseling but you don't understand, this is a perfect opportunity for you to give grace. Um, I think we fear what we don't understand. And uh, specifically like parents, like my parents' generation, my dad's a pastor. Um, my parents are the most wonderful people I know, and I have a great relationship with them. But when I was struggling, it, it was hard for them at first. They didn't understand because they they never struggled with those things. And so – if you know someone that's struggling and, and you don't quite understand, this is a wonderful opportunity for you to take a step back and seek to understand, ask questions, um, you know, give give space. Uh, I think having very honest conversations will help you have grace for the person and move forward in that relationship instead of cutting ties simply because, you know, again, we fear what we don't understand. Yeah. And and I'm if this is too personal, we can oh, scrap. This, girl, nothing's but, too personal for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I think about like me, and I remember the first time because I mean, I in general I wouldn't say like I have like perfect mental health. Obviously yeah. not, but like I've never experienced depression. I don't like have any close family that's ever. And so for me, I remember the first time one of my friends was like, "Yeah, I think I'm depressed." For me, maybe it's just lack of education, lack of awareness, lack of like resources. For I didn't even know how to handle that. I didn't even know yeah. how I was going to be able to be best equipped to be a good friend to them Absolutely. or how to handle the situation or the right words to say or not to say. And I feel mm-hmm. like especially 
for because I can only speak on my personal experience, I wanted to do everything so right and I wanted to handle it perfectly. And I realized there's not a perfect way to handle anything, right. but I felt overwhelmed because of course I just didn't even know how to scratch the surface properly. Yeah. And so, I'm so glad. Yeah, sorry. You if you have anything, <laughs> no. if you have any, because I'm sure there's someone out there who's had a similar experience to me. Absolutely. I'm so grateful you brought that up um, because this is something that as I've grown and matured, uh, I've become passionate about. Actually, the very first podcast I ever did was called Healthy Vulnerability. And I talked yes. a little bit about this in that podcast about um, we, even if you are struggling, you need to respect the mental headspaces of those close to you. And so I've learned through the years that I have very dear friends um, that they're not going to be the ones I go to if I'm having a really hard day mentally. And that's nothing against them. And it's nothing against me. It's just they, their mental capacity, um, because they haven't experienced it or can't relate, um, they're not going to be the ones to offer advice. And so if you have somebody in your life that is coming to you and pouring out some really deep things, uh, especially if they're troubling to you, if it becomes overwhelming, there is no shame in you needing to tell them, I love you and I'm here for you, but I don't know how to help you. Encourage Mm -hmm. them to see a counselor. Encourage them to get plugged into a Bible study, to get a mentor, um, you can still love them even if you don't feel equipped to handle their issues because you're not equipped. You're, I mean, that's just the truth. And even as someone who has struggled with mental health, I have to set emotional boundaries for myself when I have other friends who are struggling. Um, you know, sending a simple text of just, hey, checking in, I love you, is is wonderful. It just shows, shows them that you're there. Um, but don't be afraid or ashamed to be honest with your friendships and relationships if it becomes overwhelming and say, hey, I I want what's best for you and I want to help you, but I don't feel equipped to do that. Can we find you somebody that, you know, or can I encourage Mm -hmm. you to to find somebody that can help? There's no shame in that. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm sure so many people were listening to that and they're like, thank you, Madison. I've had that question. forever it can be overwhelming Um, it can especially if you if you don't relate or I mean my husband's never struggled with mental health and you know bless his heart there are times even in our marriage where I'll say something when I'm having a bad day and he's like oh I don't know what to do and he's learned that for me the way that I cope is just having someone present with me um whether that be physically or just over the phone someone saying like hey I'm here I'm listening you know, you don't have to offer advice. You're not a counselor. You're not a licensed therapist. You can just have open ears. But if, again, if it becomes overwhelming, even just listening, set emotional boundaries for yourself. Yeah, that's so great. How has that been in a relationship with someone who doesn't like fully understand what you're going through? Because I can imagine that's been quite a challenge. (laughs) So um, I could talk about my sweet husband for ages. Oh, goodness. Um, our story, <laughs> I don't know how to answer this in a short way. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm try, I'll try to summarize it. Our relationship, um, it, we have quite the story. And I feel like it is really God's grace. And um, when Denny started pursuing me and when we finally got together and got engaged, I said, I feel like this is an example of how the Lord pursues our heart, even though we push him away, even though we don't want it sometimes. And the biggest thing for me, uh, so 
Denny comes from like this he was homeschooled his whole life very clean cut like the most pure 27 year old man you know just like pure hearted pure physically just love the Lord and I have quite the track record and that was really hard for me um dealing with shame you know and giving right and and I didn't understand how he had so much grace for me and so when we started doing couples counseling and premarital I mean I remember just sitting on the couch sobbing and him just next to me saying hey I want to understand Mm -hmm. and so um, sweet yeah, and he he asked questions, and if he didn't understand, he was honest about it. He he said, "Hey, I I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but like, why or how, you know?" And us just being able to communicate and process through it was huge. And again, you know, that's a romantic relationship. We're going to be partners for life, so that you know, that's why. If this is just some acquaintance you have, don't feel the pressure to to do that with them. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, I just want to give you, you know. <laughs> the space to say to say that out loud but um yeah with him it was interesting to navigate and it still is sometimes I had a pretty (laughs) I tried to get my license plate this morning and the ladies at the tax collector office were not very nice to me and I came home and I was like fuming because I was like Uh why can they treat people that way and you know he just kind of looked at me and could tell I was not well and he just came in the bedroom and sat on the couch and or sat on the bed and said do you want to talk about it? <laughs> you know? So, there, you know, there's still days where he's learning. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting to navigate, but communication is key and seeking to understand. Absolutely. And so to wrap up this whole yeah, section sorry, about extended grace, oh my gosh, literally <laughs> me and Nas from the Queens have just, just, we're going to run wherever we want to go. But to wrap it up, for extending grace to ourselves, how can we practice being gentle with ourselves? Mm, especially because I feel like things have really ramped up because during COVID, like I was saying in the pandemic, everyone was like, be gentle with yourself. Like you can't control what's going on, but now life's getting back to normal. Things are picking up. And so the world's expecting you to pick up with it and you might not be ready or something could have happened to you in this season. And, and you're like unprepared. I know for me right now, I'm in a really busy season Everyone who listens to this podcast knows about it. I come on here every week like it's my own therapy. This is my therapy. <laughs> I just love coming it. and talking in this microphone and having everyone listen to it. Where I'm just like, guys, I'm so stressed out. I have so much to do. And sometimes I'm not gentle with myself. And so yeah. how can we all be practicing being gentle with ourselves now in summer 2021? That's such a good question. Mm. I'll be preaching to the choir on this one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think that some very tangible ways of being gentle with yourself are sitting down. I'm a journaler, so I think it's really healthy to write things down. If, if you process other ways, that's fine. But sitting down and evaluating where you are emotionally, where you are mentally, um, if you're overwhelmed, if you're exhausted, if you're stressed, and having a tangible list of, of maybe a routine or something that makes you feel more centered, whether you say, okay, I, I'm going to give myself grace in the sense of every night at 7 p.m. I'm going to go for a walk around my neighborhood and just like listen to a podcast or I'm going to um, take a bath every night. I'm, you know, just having a routine. I think I live a very chaotic life. And so routine used to make me nauseous. Now routine is like something I crave. Mm-hmm. And even something as simple as, okay, I'm going to wake up at this time and read my Bible every morning. 
giving yourself grace uh, to just like do something you enjoy, do something that is peaceful. Um, my circle of friends has gotten much smaller over the past year, and that was hard for me to deal with. But honestly, it's been beautiful and exactly what I needed, you know, investing in intentional relationships. So I would say a way to be gentle to yourself is to be aware of where you are. You know, self-awareness is key and make a tangible list of things that you can do um, that will be healthy for your soul and healthy for you as you grow in the season. I love that. I hope that made sense. It made sense you know, in my brain, but sometimes yes, no, it <laughs> absolutely did. It absolutely did. The whole time, right at the end, I was thinking, I was like, oh no, now we have to talk about this next part, which is extending grace to others, which yeah, my I'm thing. <laughs> not good at. <laughs> Madison's a pro and I'm horrible at it. Um, so this will be an interesting topic, but I feel like for me, I'm definitely hard on myself, but yeah. I'm self-aware enough to like know when like I need to do nothing. Like we were texting yeah. earlier and I literally did nothing all day today. I laid around. I did, and, and I was like, that's okay. That's just like what today needed to be. Especially in relationships, I have a really hard time extending grace to other people because yeah. like, for example, I know the kind of friend that I am. I know the kind of girlfriend, fiance that I am. I know the kind of daughter that I am. Like I, kn- I take pride in how I navigate relationships and I know I think about it. I can tangibly sit here and say, I know I think about it way more than people. Like it makes sense yeah. why I feel this uneven, but I have a really hard time extending grace in relationships and to other people uh-huh. just because of like how I view friendship or how I view relationships. And so when we're tangibly practicing grace towards others, like how do we do that when we feel really justified in our own feelings? Yeah, absolutely. So I, Something that I realized I struggle with is righteous anger. Okay, <laughs> and yes. And it's so me. funny because, yeah, I, I've i just always been a very, like, peacemaker, gentle, and then something happened when I turned, like, 23, and I just started getting very angry, but it was always over things you should be angry about, you know what I mean? Right. But when it comes to maintaining uh, relationships and friendships, you have to ask yourself, is this a friendship you want to maintain? And... If the answer is yes, you, I feel like you will always find a way to extend grace to that person. It may be hard depending on what the situ- situation or circumstance is, but something that uh, has helped me is placing myself in their shoes or their situation, which, mm-hmm. again, depending on the situation, you might be like, oh, I would never do that. <laughs> you know, I would never be doing X, Y, Z. Um, but I think taking a step back and swallowing our pride a little bit and saying, okay, if I if I love this person and I want a relationship with them, how can I help them? How can I encourage them? How can I hold them accountable without being judgmental? And just asking yourself really simple questions. Again, self-awareness is huge. I think that we should all like take courses on self-awareness. Yes. Um, but yeah, just being aware of like, okay, I'm feeling angry right now. Why am I feeling like this? Getting down to the root of the issue. Sometimes I'll get mad at my husband and it will have nothing to do with him. It's, you know, some trauma from an ex-boyfriend that I got triggered, you know, whatever, and you know, got upset by. And so, again, having to use self-awareness and say, I'm going to give grace. I mean, here's an example of giving grace to yourself and others. But getting down to the root of the issue of why you're upset or why you feel angry or justified and then saying, okay, 
if I want to maintain this relationship, I need to find a way to to shift this mindset. Absolutely. And and I feel like this idea of because it's like it's the hardest yo-yo because I, I've been on both sides of it because my next thought was what's the difference between having this endless amount of grace and oh. extending grace, but then also yeah. knowing your worth and standing up for yourself. Because Absolutely. I let people, people who have just met me in college would not believe this, but when I was in middle school, especially, I mean, it's middle school, but even a little bit of high school, I let people walk all over me I was the carpet on the floor because I was just wanting to make everybody happy and I wanted everyone to like be content in our relationship and I made excuses and I let people like apologize and us make up and just have that vicious cycle over and over and over and over again because I'm like well they said they were sorry like Jesus tells me I should forgive everybody and so where where do we draw the line especially for my because now I've I've come up with where necessarily I draw the line because I'm like okay I can't keep doing this but there's a lot of people especially as an Enneagram too where this is like a really hard yeah (laughs) a really hard line to walk um and I have a lot of friends who just they just don't know how to stand up for themselves or they don't know when to cut it off right so where for you is that line is there a line Mm -hmm. there is a line there wasn't for a while Uh (laughs) there wasn't for a while um man, this is such a hard thing. It's because, so hard. Yeah. I was definitely the girl that, you know, I, I was, I've always been a doormat always. And it's so funny because if you pick on somebody that I care about now, I'll get all big and bold and I'll handle mm-hmm. that situation. I have no problem with confrontation, but when it comes to my self-worth, uh, you know, there's, there's that quote from the movie of, uh, perks of being a wallflower where she's like we accept the love we think we deserve Mm -hmm. and I think that that is something that you have to consider when you're in these relationships um and friendships I mean friendship wounds sting and there are going to be some toxic boys out there that try to take advantage of you and toxic girls too yeah Um, they're going to try to take advantage of you and your kindness and your grace and I am sad that I didn't learn this lesson when I was like in college and going through the motions of, of these feelings. But um, I think each person is different. I think each person is going to have their boundary and their line that they set. But I do think there should be a boundary. Um, I do think that there should be a line that gets crossed where you can say, hey, I still love you, but I'm going to have to love you from afar now. Yeah. Like, you know, this – this isn't healthy. And sometimes that looks like just drifting away. You know, there, um, I haven't had this happen often, but there is, there's been a friendship that was unhealthy and there was just some like deceit and things and, uh, nothing big like blew up, but just slowly we've drifted away. And if she needs anything, I think she knows that like I would still be there for her, but, uh, we don't, we don't talk and we don't do life together anymore. and, And that's okay. I, I can support her from afar, but it wasn't healthy for me to try to maintain a close relationship there. So I think that each person needs to know. Right. And sometimes being gracious to yourself is when you stop extending grace to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. You know, anytime you, you sever a relationship, um, I just keep thinking about this this one, like, 
I feel like everyone has like the ex, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like mine, it was just such a yo-yo of like manipulation and secrecy and, you know, all this stuff and just being used. And finally there was, so, there was like three different times where I was like, I can't do this anymore. But like I came back and, yeah. um, the Lord had to physically move me across the country, <laughs> um, for me to literally be like, this isn't okay. Um, and it still hurt. It still hurt for a long time after that, but it was what was best and needed. So I just encourage you, if you are in a toxic or unhealthy relationship, I pray that you have the courage to know your worth and think how God would want you to be treated. Like God loves you. You're his daughter. You're his son. How would he want you to be treated? Um, and moving forward, it's that mindset. I feel like that's a whole other episode. I you know. might have to come back on. Oh my gosh. That's, we should just that's... do a show together. We could just chat exactly New podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And so if we're talking about now we're gonna we're gonna really hop into what we were talking about beforehand, the struggles of having a social media ministry and how grace ties into this. Yeah. Now we're gonna strike a nerve for the two of us really quick. <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like, can I interview you? Can can these questions be for you? (laughs) How do you balance it, Taylor? No, 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 no. You have so much to share and you're literally so wise. And you said so many good things beforehand that I just, I'm sure someone out there needs to hear. But how do you, because I feel like Instagram or social media in general, we're really talking about Instagram, is like so, it can, it can go so bad so quick. It's so sour. There's, at least for me, like there's the numbers, there's, there's the likes, there's the comments, there's the not nice comments, there's the amount of DMs, there's whatever. There's a million ways why it can go bad. Yeah. So it's like, why social media ministry? Well, there's still so much good in it. And so it's balancing the yo-yo between the two. And so how do you balance the need to like produce content that is engageable, likable, desired, but then also making sure that the things that you're posting are still special and like spoken to you by the lord absolutely uh the golden you know the golden the golden question yeah um so it's so funny because i literally texted someone this morning uh a friend of mine who's like a full-time influencer and i said what do you do when you just can't create Mm -hmm. and her answer was i don't create like i sit i (laughs) I cry i have some ice cream um i look back on content that I used to post that inspired me. And uh, I was sharing with you, you know, before we started recording that I've definitely been in like a rut lately, just it's life. We've got a lot of things going on personally and health wise. Um, and I've struggled personally because I don't feel, feel like I fit the mold for a typical like Christian blogger. Um, I don't like, First of all, I don't use any sort of like algorithm uh, analytics. I don't like boost my posts. I, you know, Me Too Sisters always just kind of been like, when the Lord lays something on my heart, I'm going to post it. And if it reaches people, great. And it's been amazing to see how the ministry has grown using that. Well, as the ministry has grown, there's been more pressure to yes. um, kind of fit that mold of like, girl, I have terrible aesthetic. Like I don't, you know, I don't like have these really cute like boxes that all match the same colors. And I, you know, that's not me at all. I'm not some like Instagram model that has great quotes. I just kind of share about life. And, um, 
I've had people as the ministry have grown that have reached out to me and have said like, oh, do you want me to start taking photos? Do you want me to start like doing graphic design? And as much as I appreciate it, I've said no, because I feel like if I did have like start to mold into this like aesthetic of someone who posts every single day at 6 p.m. or whatever, it wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be true to who I am. And so I've had to come to accept like if I've hit my peak and my ministry is not going to grow anymore, so be it because I still want to be true to myself. Um, and so I think that I've, I've had to give grace to myself in the season of feeling shame of like, you know, I have nothing to say. I, I have nothing to produce. Um, I went a couple days without posting and, you know, it's hard because in the online ministry world, there's people who are posting multiple times a day. And I don't know how. No, I mean, I love, I love it for them. If they can just spend time producing, I love that for them. But I can't. I have two full time jobs, <laughs> and so it's um and, and I'm battling like doctor's appointments twice a week. So right. it's just one of those things where I've had to say again, um, I don't want to ever post out of obligation. Mm. Uh, if I'm going to be true to how I created and started the account with my intentions, my heart is. Um, I mean, me too. So she's geared towards women. I mean, I have like three yes. percent male audience. But, hey, I have five. Uh, I have five. Great, love it, love it. Um, but you know, my goal was to create a ministry for hurting women who felt they were too broken for God, yeah. and you know, and to to walk alongside them and say, "Hey, me too, sister. If you've messed up, if you've struggled with this, me too." And there's grace for that, and like that's the whole message of it. And so, if I'm not staying true to that, then what what have I become in my ministry? So. I know that was a long ramble. I'm sorry. Um, no, but, but that I was literally inspired while you were saying that. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I have posted out of obligation and I have an aesthetic. Like I was like, oh, I'm like, I have no wound. But, no, but that's the thing is like, if it works for you, I have plenty of friends that have, you know, these amazing accounts and they have 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, and they, you know, have a algorithm that posts for them every night at the certain time. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Um, the only thing I think is wrong is I don't think that as Christian influencers we should be buying followers. That really gets under my skin. <laughs> but but other than that, um, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I just know for me and the way that that I want to do things, um, my life is a mess. And so if my Instagram looks like a mess, that's why. <laughs> I love that because no one's like that anymore. Literally, no one. And so you saying yeah. that, I'm like, I wish I was you. Because people get so caught up in it. And I know I definitely do. I mean, part of that is just because my career is in social media. So this is also like a portfolio piece for me to like get a big girl job. Like it's not just what is what it is. Like I'm like, this is a talent that I have. Like I need to use it. Like hello, like gifts from the Lord, whatever. But that being said, I love what you're saying. Like my life's a mess. So why would I have a perfect social media? And I mean – and you were even saying that to me before when you're like, oh my gosh, you look so happy on your Instagram all the time. And I was like, well, girl, that is not true. There are some bad days where she's going places. But I think that's what's so special about your ministry and what makes you stand out. And it was definitely something that made you stand out for me. Like, it's the simplicity of it. Like, just seeing your super cute handwriting on post-it <laughs> notes and just like being encouraged by your posts. I'm like, yes. Like, it doesn't, t- it doesn't need like an hour-long Canva graphic. Like, it just it, – it, what's your words? That's what's special. You don't need all these gimmicks. You. you don't need to 
be sending people to like you don't need a million hashtags you don't need and what's cool about it when she was telling me that she's like never used like played the instagram algorithm or like done things for the algorithm my jaw literally dropped because i feel like everyone's just chasing the instagram algorithm right now like to try and grow or like using tiktok or reels or whatever it might be and the fact that your platform has grown the way that it has by literally just how special your words are girl that's it I don't know how to accept compliments but I needed this (laughs) yes no but it's it's honestly crazy and I think that's if I were to like encourage you in any way that is such a testament to what you're doing because it's easy to grow I mean I wouldn't say it's easy I'm putting in some work over here but it's simple there's a mathematical formula to grow an account but if if you're not using the formula and you're just using what the Lord's speaking to you and the account is still growing, uh, that's it. Well, there is no I gimmick. There is no that. trick. That's that's just special, Madison. Well, I really appreciate that. But also know that it doesn't always grow. And, like, there mm-hmm. are times where I've, you know, and, and that's kind of where, I'm, where I am right now. Like, I I feel like I've kind of hit my peak. And, again, I've ha- I have to be content if my ministry is not going to grow any more than that then I need to be content with that because at the end of the day, am I, oh, shoot, I'm glad I'm not famous, but you know, am I chasing and aspiring for this or am I, you know, just chasing to do what God's called me to? And right. that sounds so like cliche, I'm, you know, the Bible, Bible school answer, but the reality is like, that's the truth. And do I always feel like that? No, but at the end of the day, that's what I need to strive for. So I really appreciate your encouragement. I have definitely been down on myself lately about my ministry. So thank you for those words. It means more than you know. <laughs> Sweetness. Okay. So if we were going to wrap this up in this idea that grace is a gift or the gift of grace, and we're equipped with all these amazing things that Madison has told us about handling grace and living with grace how can we walk away from this episode and tangibly apply this to our lives? And so how can we bless others with grace and how will our lives be more enriched by giving this grace? Hmm. Well, going back to kind of a quote that I said earlier about like those who've been given much grace, like let them give grace. Those who've been given grace, I mean, they're walking with Christ. And from my personal experience, uh, I've been a believer you know, quote unquote, my whole life, but there are seasons where I've walked closely with God and seasons where I've been far away from him. And for those who are walking with God and truly receiving his grace, it's a joy to give grace to others. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't mean it's always easy and doesn't mean that it's, that all your relationships will be perfect. But I think that our relationships can be enriched when we just take time to say, God, how do you want me to love my people? And if you don't feel like your people are loving you, pray about it. You know, like it took a long time before I found like my, my tribe, you know, I had to pray for friends that were going to love me and um, seek to understand me because I'm, I'm a complicated gal and I'm not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> so, you know, I think that um, moving forward with grace, you know, grace is all around us. You, you, you stop and you let somebody get out in front of you in traffic. You know, it's like the simple things of just choosing to smile, choosing to say, well, I don't think they meant it that way and not let it upset you and ruin the rest of your morning. Um, 
giving grace to others, I think, will lead to you living a more fulfilling life for yourself uh, because you'll just be caught up in trying to love others well. And that puts you in a good mood. (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much for everything that you're able to share with us and for literally just preaching it up for like the last hour. I'm so, so thankful for you and thankful that we finally got to chat. Yeah, I'm so sorry I talked so long. What? No, no, everyone's like, (laughs) everyone's like, why is this episode not longer? Hello, what are you doing? Um, No. (laughs) But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know everyone is going to love it and it really means so much for you to come on here and just be so candid and so vulnerable about your life and sharing your ministry. It's a joy for me to get to follow you and follow along everything that God's doing in your life. Um, Plug yourself so everyone can go find you if they haven't already. My Instagram is uh, at me two sister two is T O O. People type the number two sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, me two sister, and uh, the podcast is same thing. It's available on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just me two sister. I only have four episodes, so I'm st- I, I need to learn some more from my girl so you over can, here. So you can go binge them. Go binge them right now if you want more of Madison. But also her Instagram, everything will be tagged obviously on the She's Going Places account. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're awesome. I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, wasn't Madison amazing? I am just so thankful for her and the way she just absolutely killed that episode. That conversation was amazing. I absolutely loved it. I hope you guys got a lot out of it too. Really quick before we wrap up this week's episode, I thought it would be fun to go and read some reviews because you guys have been leaving the sweetest reviews. And speaking of reviews, I'm actually doing a review giveaway over on the Instagram account. It's at She's Going Places Podcast on Instagram. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday, then you're still eligible to enter. It closes on Wednesday. Um, where literally all you have to do is go leave a review on Apple Podcasts and DM me a screenshot. That's it. Super, super, super simple. But This one is a favorite, obviously. It says, I would not be here if it weren't for SGP. This podcast got me out of such a rut and it has been so amazing to grow with Taylor. This is my favorite podcast ever and you truly need to listen to it. It's encouraging but real. I listen in the car while I'm cleaning, going to sleep, on a walk, making coffee, riding my bike, and pretty much all the time. If I could give it more than five stars, I would. So much love, Eden. Eden, you are literally an angel. That is so sweet of you. Here's another one. I love listening to the most recent episode. It's so relatable, and I can't wait to listen to the past ones and the future ones. Thank you, Camilla. Um, Let's do last one. After only listening to a few episodes, I already feel like Taylor and I are friends. We are. Hello. Of course we are. She has so many great thoughts to share. She's so down to earth and willing to... She's so down to earth, and listening to her will definitely be a positive thing for your life. I'm dead. I'm literally dead. You guys actually kill me with these reviews. You are the sweetest people ever. And so if you want to be featured on an episode of She's Going Places, I'm probably going to be reading reviews from now on at the end of episodes. And so I would love to hear your feedback about the podcast. Once again, huge thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you absolutely love it. Remember, follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Everything's in the show notes, so go check it out. And I will see you guys next week. So let's go places together.